welcome to St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Saratoga Springs, New York, where we are gathered by God to share the love of Jesus. On this Good Friday, we remember that Jesus died on the cross and took on the punishment for our sins. Here is tonight's message from Pastor Adam Wiegand. There isn't much more to say, is there? The story tells the story. It is the story. Without this story, none of us are here. Without this story, none of us have a future. Without this story, the world is lost. The universe was pointless. But with this story, with this story, the gifts of God for the people of God. Heaven is open. Hell is defeated. Life wins over death. Back in the 1970s, there was a shepherd in Palestine. And actually, still today, they still rove around the hills and still do the shepherd work like they did when Jesus was talking about being the good shepherd. But in this story, the shepherd had brought his flock of sheep to one of the pens that was out in the countryside, a circle made of stone with a, a small, small gate through which the sheep of his flock and other flocks would enter. He fell asleep under the starry Palestinian sky and was awakened to the horrific noise of sheep bleating because they were under the attack of a wolf. And so he sprang to action, jumped over the wall, and began to attack the wolf that was attacking his sheep. Blow after blow, he pushed it back kicking and scratching and fighting not only for the sheep's life, but eventually for his own life. It drew blood lavishly until finally one good swat in the snout and the wolf gave up its pursuit. And picking up the wounded lamb, he and it hobbled out of the sheep pen and he bound up the wounds that had been inflicted. He managed to stop the bleeding and by laying down next to the sheep to calm it, to take away the terror that had just happened under the skies. Keeping it warm in his embrace, the shepherd and the sheep fell asleep together. But the next morning, the shepherd was found dead. His body still protecting the sheep, wrapped in its arms. I learned this story when I saw the headline in a newspaper that said, Sheep Alive covered in the shepherd's blood. Isn't that our story? 
sheep alive, covered in the shepherd's blood. We really do refrain from using words like gory in our everyday church speech. But Good Friday was a bloody affair. But then again, the way that God sets things right with his people has always been a bloody affair. Starting with the animal that gave its life to cover up the shame of Adam and Eve in Eden, a bloody affair. Followed by all of the sacrifices, the scapegoats, the lambs, the bulls, the turtle doves, the foreskins, blood, 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 blood. When we come to the story that St. John told in his gospel, already after proclaiming him the one who pre-existed, the word who had become flesh, he has his cousin John say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Some chapters later, Jesus, to a thronging crowd of people in John chapter 6, he talks about people eating his body and drinking his blood. And unless you do it, you don't have life within you. And what did the people say? This is a hard saying. Who can endure it? And dozen by dozen, and hundreds by hundreds, and finally the stragglers, the one by ones, who was left but the 12 disciples? And Jesus had to ask them, you don't want to leave now too, do you? Thank God Peter said what he did. Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And not only does he have the words of eternal life, he has the deeds of eternal life. He puts his body where his mouth is. Last night, as we came to the table of the Lord, or more to the point, as the table of the Lord came to us around here, what did we eat? What did we drink? A broken body and blood poured out for us. And today, we remember that Jesus drank the cup of salvation and poured out the wine of our life. The cup of salvation poured out on the cross for us. From the time of his birth, the people were out for Jesus' blood. Remember Herod, when he learned about Jesus? He killed all the two-year-old boys and younger in Bethlehem and its neighborhood, bringing about weeping in Ramah, while Jesus escaped safely down to Egypt. Thirty years later or so, Here's Jesus, 
after his baptism by John in the Jordan River, he goes out and he faces off after 40 days of nothing to eat. I've been fasting today and I'm already grumpy. Jesus, after 40 days, goes up against Satan and trounces him. He can't drown Jesus. He walks on water. They tried to throw him off a cliff in his hometown. They tried to stone him in Jerusalem. Nobody could kill him. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Jesus voluntarily went to the altar of the cross to be slain as a sacrifice to offer his blood for us. And why? Because his blood pleads for us. And it offers a better prayer than the blood of any sacrifice because this is the God who designed the system of sacrifice. He's the God that received the blood of all of those other sacrifices, the rivers of blood poured out up until this one Final sacrifice, once and for all, for all of the sins of the world. But let's make it more personal. For the sins you committed today. For the thoughts that shouldn't have crept into your mind. For the words that should never have passed your lips. For the emotions that should never have reeled your ugly head. And for all of the things that should have been there that weren't. This is why Jesus gave his blood because my blood and the blood of Martin Luther and the blood of St. John, the blood of John the Baptist, the blood of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the blood of King David, the blood of Adam and Eve, the blood of anyone other than Jesus would not have helped. All that would have happened is our life would have spilled out, and we would be returning to dust. The crowds around Jesus spoke prophetically when he was on trial. They said, his blood be on us and on our children, and they were thirsting and crying for his death at that moment, unknowingly, unwitting of what his death would do for them, for the world, for us. We can cry that out too. Because in the proximity of the cross, close to where his blood was shed, is where we find our life. Famously, Friedrich Nietzsche, son of a Lutheran pastor, I've got a couple of them, and so I hope they don't go the same way he does, but he said, God is dead. In his book, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, and the New York Times in the 60s echoed it, and they were, they were thinking symbolically. The idea of God is dead. It's no longer applicable in our world. We've gone beyond the need for a God. But when we look at the cross, the blood-stained cross, 
the blood-spattered earth around it, the shroud in which Jesus was wrapped, the spear that the centurion put into his side, the blood spilled, the water spilled. When we look at that, we know God is dead. Behold what manner of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. How do we get there? Behold what manner of love the Father has given us by sending us his Son. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church, please visit spalutheran.org. God's blessings to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.